1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: Do you feel like you're the one putting in the lion's part of the effort in your relationship? How can you get your partner to own up and do their fair share? In today's episode, I'll be answering one of your questions and giving my two cents and more, of course, because it's me, about why what you should be doing if you feel like you're putting in 100% and your partner isn't meeting you halfway in today's episode where I do a little special ask Dr. Abby. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. It is so good to have you here. Ah. Today's question is so good and so juicy, and I am so excited to share it with you and to share all of my many points of view. I was um answering it on a, a flight back. I just did a talk in Nashville. Um, hi, Nashville. It was pouring rain when I was there. No thanks for that. But uh, and I, you know, get all these questions that come in from you, which I really appreciate. Again, you can write to me at Abby at com. And this one was just so good. I thought, oh my gosh, I have to answer this. And so on the plane, I was like, I I look like one of those memes. I was like writing all my notes for, you know, what I wanted to say today. And I do want to throw out there that I do love getting your questions. I do my very best to answer them all. Um... And when I mean answer I mean just respond and let you know I got it. I I want to be clear that I am not going to give you advice over uh an email. Uh, first of all, it's unethical. Uh second of all, I don't have all the information, which is why it's unethical. Uh third of all, I don't have time. Um I get hundreds of emails every week. It, it would be impossible for me. It would be a full-time job and I say with love, I ain't getting paid for that. And um and it's just not it's not cool like to your your life is too important for that. That's not how this should work. It shouldn't be some off the cuff, fly by, you know, answer when I really don't know you or all the situation. When you write in, however, um, and a lot of you know, because I sometimes I'll respond with like, hey, listen to this podcast episode or watch this video. I do, if I can help in a moment, I can say that, like, here's something I think might help you. Again, I don't always have time for all that because there's so many of, you know, writing in, which again, I love and appreciate. And what I do often say is, like, "Hey, I'll try to get to this on the podcast." And when I do it on the episode like I'm about to do, I do read the question and get specific, but I, it's to me it's a question that many people have asked in a different way, so I feel like I'm answering a lot of people, and i'm not I'm really doing a fictionalized version. Sometimes I even change the question a little bit, obviously, to protect the innocent if I think something is too specific or somebody might recognize themselves I, I you know don't don't want, that's not what we're trying to do. Or I don't mind you recognizing yourself. I don't want you to think your friends would if they were listening. Um, And yeah. And, and, and I'm again, like often giving a bunch of different responses. Like, you know, if it was this way, I would say this. And if, if you're really saying this, I would say this. So I'm, I'm being kind of broad to me. I'm not giving you, you know, this very specific answer just for you. Uh, And that's why because you might be thinking, well, why is it ethical to do it this way? Well, that's why, because (laughs) it's in a much broader context. Um, And again, it's something I think is going to be helpful to everybody. And a lot of people I know uh, have this problem a lot where they think their partner isn't doing what they're doing or putting in the effort they're putting in. And I feel like by answering this question, I can really um, reach reach many. (sighs) So let me read the question. Here we go. Hi, Dr. Abby. That's me. I love listening to your podcasts. I think I've listened to them all maybe twice. Uh, Although I'm staying mindful, I'm still having some relationship problems, and they're because of my own insecurities and frustrations. So here goes nothing. (laughs) Writing it out will help me too. Good for you. Uh, My boyfriend and I have been together for two and a half years, and we started uh, doing long distance about a year and a half in. He moved somewhere. He moved away. It's like a four-hour drive away from where she is. and she's at school, it sounds like. She's away at college. And she said, however, when I'm home on breaks, we're only an hour and a half from each other. So I think they, what my assumption is, they both met in, let's say, their town. Let's say they, San Francisco. I'm making this up because it's not San Francisco. And then, you know, he moved away to wherever, four hours drive from San Francisco, wherever that is. And then she went away to a college, you know, somewhere. Uh, and then, you know, which is all, which is that, I guess that's the four hour drive. Sorry, not, and then there's an hour and a half. I really fucked that up, didn't I? But you you understand what I'm saying? And then, (laughs) so he moved away, she moved away to college. So when, when he's just away and she's at college, they're four hours apart. But when he's, uh, when she's home, you know, back where they both are from, I think, then they're only an hour and a half away. I think that's what she's saying. I screwed that up. Sorry. But that's what I'm saying. Hopefully you followed that. And you're not um, hanging up now. Anyway, so since I went back to school, I've made the drive to see him 99% of the time. He has only come to see me three out of the hundreds of times. And that's hundreds with a capital. I went to see him. He never even drove to come see me when we were 90 minutes away. So I'm extremely resentful that he doesn't come to see me. His mom also gaslights him into uh, seeing her over the weekend. So he has no choice but to obey her and doesn't come to see me. I never really got upset about this situation until now. I'm disappointed that he doesn't come to see me. I know how hard it is to take off of work, but I feel sad because if I was someone he wanted to be with, he would make the time to come see me. I also can't say anything to him about his mother. We're not married. We haven't been together for five years. So it's not my place to tell him to set boundaries and stand up to his mom. From my point of view, I put all the work into the relationship to make it work. I know he loves me. He tells me every day and constantly makes me feel reassured that we have a strong relationship. Although he never made me doubt him, he still neglects to make me think he wants to put in the effort to make the drive to see me. Maybe men are just lazy, but I'm tired of using that as an excuse. So, woo! Woohoo! Oh, you know I got a lot to say here. <laughs> <laughs> some some of you have been listening to me for a while. Ruth and Myrna out there in England. Both of you are laughing right now if you're listening. Um, you don't know each other. You should meet. You're both fabulous and you write me wonderful, wonderful emails. Um, but anyway, uh <laughs> Um They've been listening a long time, so they know I, I got a lot to say here. I'm I'm gonna call her Layla and I'm gonna call her boyfriend Eric. Get it, Eric Clapton wrote Layla, there you go, I know i'm being adorable i 'm being so cute. Who could resist me? there's a lot to unpack there's a lot to unpack, and I'm going to go kind of point by point because there because there's a lot to unpack there's a lot to say here there's so many things she 's saying that I really want, and I've heard this language from people over and over. I have a a uh, different couple I'm, I just finished working with, and he would say a lot, um, well, she makes me do this or that about his wife, and that language makes me insane, insane, nuts, crazy. You want to drive Abby crazy? You know what you do? You tell me that you're a victim in your life, and as an adult who's not an indentured servant, we're going to have issues. So anyway, got some issues. So it's going to be some tough love. Actually, that's bullshit, right? What's tough love? Fuck that. There's going to be some love, just some love for Layla who wrote this and likely you, since my guess is that, you know, you might be relating already to what I'm saying, <laughs> to what's going on here. You might be going, I understand. I, I agree with her a thousand percent. She shouldn't have to do all that driving. So, and, and I'm taking away the tough love thing because I'm just going to be direct because that's how we should be in life. What, why are we sugarcoating things and running around the corner and everything else? I have total respect for Layla and Eric and uh, this question. So there's no tough love. There's just love coming. Here we go. So point one, she says, I'm resentful because he only comes to see me three out of the hundreds of times I went to see him. Well, I think we all know. Th- there's no need to be resentful of Eric. This is on you, Layla. We, and, and we all do this, right? We give and we give and we give and we don't keep our boundaries. And then we're resentful with the other person. I talk about this constantly. I've said it once. I'll say it a thousand times. It is not someone else's job to keep your boundaries. You are not uh, an indentured servant, as I mentioned. I don't think so. If you don't want to go see him because you think it's unfair, don't go, stop going and don't give me some bs oh but then we we won't have a relationship oh well if if this, is this the rest of your life if you really think that we won't have a relationship anymore if i'm the only if i'd stop i i number one don't think it's true uh and number two it's really when you'll find out what's what in the relationship but if you're just always doing the driving of course you know why not and this keeping score thing is really bad i'll talk about that in a little bit but but again, if you're not keeping your boundary, if you're the one going, even when you feel resentful, you can't be mad at the other person. It doesn't work that way. Again, you're not a victim. You are not a victim in your life. So um, what do I, you know, I talk a lot about verb, right? You can't act like a victim. You can't act entitled. You can't read anyone else's mind and they can't read yours. And you can't be blaming everyone else for what's going on in your life. Doesn't work. You And I, I use other acronyms for that, but that's my latest. Uh, and that's what this is. So I do a, I did a whole episode on boundaries and loving detachment. Loving detachment is really the one on that is really where I went deep and that will, of course, is always linked to it in the show notes. But this is what happens. We collapse our own boundaries. And then we make them too thin. And then we're mad that the other person isn't respecting our boundaries. But again, we're not respecting them. I don't know why they're expected to. So, and it's not their job. It is not their job. It's not Eric's job to, you know, if if Layla keeps driving to him, I'm assuming he thinks it's fine. Even if she's complaining about it, she keeps doing it. So I guess she's okay with it. That's what Eric is likely thinking. Because, and often this is true because men often are way better with their boundaries than women are. Women are really taught that if someone is hurting, if someone needs our help, that we're supposed to be the nurturers, we're supposed to be the givers, we're the human give- givers. And so it's really ingrained a lot. And I'm and you know, i not saying women haven't come a long way in the last hundred years, but we forget it. It is still such a patriarchal society. It's ridiculous. And we have not come this far. Women are still deemed the ones who, and we are still socialized in this way. And I had a really progressive mother and I was still socialized in this way. Uh, and cause she still did it. You know, we just give and give and give. That's what's supposed to happen. So, you know, that's in there somewhere. So I don't think Eric thinks there's really a problem about it. Um, Even though he hears her complaining, again, her actions are not speaking that there's a problem. And the bigger picture here, as I mentioned, is Layla, you can't keep score. What do I always say about that? If you keep score in your relationship, you are going to lose. Healthy relationships are not transactional. There's no tit for tat. There's no keeping things even. You do what you do or don't do what you don't want to do, and and that's it. That's all I got to say on it. Different, different people have different capacities, so you can't expect others to act like you do. And women, it seems often, again, I think because the way we're socialized, have very different capacities. We seem in general, I'm being very general, there's a lot of amazing men out there. You're incredible. You can outlast us sometimes with certain things. But in general, women uh, take on more... Well, we know this from the research. Take on more than men at home, for sure. We have more work to do in the house and all that good stuff. Again, it's still how it's expected. So we because we're taking on, so, we, we have this capacity for taking on a lot of stuff. We're, we're kind of socialized that way. We've been doing it our whole lives. And men often don't. You know, They just don't have that same capacity to multitask at the level we are to uh, really keep a, a hundred different balls in the air the way we can in general. I know, again, don't write me hate mail about how great men are. I love men. I think they're fabulous. It's just, we are socialized differently so and different people just period male or female have different capacities so you can't expect again others to act like you do you just can't but we do <laughs> you know we do we we think i'm doing this thing it's only fair that you do this thing that's again that's never going to work i did a ted talk about it I I've written blogs and posts about it. I I you can go listen because there's lots of reasons why it doesn't work If you don't like it There is something called a door and you can walk out of it with all of your free will That is at the very bottom line. I get that you don't want sees what happens Well, I don't want to leave I love in this case. I love eric. I think we have a lot of great things I just want him to change this thing too bad I I don't know how else to say that that it's just I shouldn't say too bad. I know that was mean. All right. I'm going to say it more lovingly. It's not happening. So you have to decide other things then. You can't just sit and bitch and moan about it. You have to either go, that's the way it is. I have to accept this or I can go. And Because it's a deal breaker for me. If it's a deal breaker, it's a deal breaker. But if it's not a deal breaker, why are you spending so much time and energy talking about it? It's because of, and she said it in the beginning, her own insecurities and her own issues. This isn't about Eric, right? This is about the wonderful, beautiful, fabulous Layla who wrote in. Okay. Point two. Uh, his mom also gaslights him into seeing her over the weekend. So he has no choice but to obey her and doesn't come see me. Oh my gosh. I want to scream and run naked through the woods with this one. No, no, no. Oh no, no, no. Eric isn't a victim either. You're not a victim, Layla. Whoever's listening isn't a victim. Eric's not a victim. You're not a victim. If Eric doesn't have boundaries with his mama, That's his thing, but don't let him off the hook with, oh, he has no choice. Of course he has a choice. That's a load of bullshit. It's not true. Oh, I'm swearing. I have such a potty mouth today. Okay, I'm gonna try to rein it in. I get a little bit of a potty mouth because (laughs) I really want to get my point across clearly. And um, yeah, I don't need to do with that. Okay. Anyway. All right. But it is a load of bullshit. And it's not, it's just not true. When anyone says they have to do something, it's time to take a step back. If you're the one doing it again, love, 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 love you. Hug, hug, hugs all around. Unless you're being held against your will, you don't have to do anything. You don't. I, you know, you know, I've done work in uh, drug and alcohol agencies for many years, and I used to work a lot many years ago with people who are mandated to treatment, and uh, and then I would work with executives who are mandated to come see me, or maybe, or you know, pro- probably lose their job. And from any of these mandated people, I'd get the same response: Well, I have to be here. I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. This victim crap, right? And no, I got to call bullshit on them too you got plenty of choices. I I would tell the mandated clients from rehab, you could go to jail, you could run away to Canada, you can go into hiding, you can change your name. I don't know, there's a million things you could do. Just because you don't wanna do it doesn't mean there's not a choice. So that's where we set ourselves up as a victim. I don't wanna break up with this person, therefore I'm a victim, no that's you know a choice i work with these executives who could maybe yeah maybe you're going to lose your job that's your choice you don't have to see me you don't have to do what i'm recommending that's on you right now you have a choice as you listen you know we all have choices and We don't get to blame others or act like a victim because we don't like what the choices are. That's, that's not how it works. We, we can then create something where there's more choices. And I'm going to talk about that today because I think Layla has many choices with Eric. I don't think it's just, she drives to him or doesn't, or, or just puts up with it. I don't think that at all. Um, and I don't think the only other choice is that, oh, he drives 50% also or whatever. I, I think there's many other choices. So we'll talk about that. But getting back here, Eric doesn't want to stand up to his mom, right? My guess is he doesn't want to upset her. That's a choice. But don't start using your victim language with him. It doesn't apply to either of you. You know, and he absolutely, I say with love, is choosing his mom over you in this scenario if everything you're saying. If he's seeing her and not you, that's a choice. That's a choice. And well, I can tell you this, do you want to know how to figure out what's important to people? What's important to you? What's important to others? You know how you figure it out? You know how you figure out what the priorities are? You take a look at where they're spending their resources, where they're spending their time, their money, you know, where are their resources going. That's the most important thing to them. It is. You could pay your mortgage or not. You could right? You you could buy food or not. What's the most important thing to you? So, like, I don't I don't have an expensive car. I I well by a lot of me. I don't have a car where I have a car payment. I have a car I can afford for me because I I like to pay cash for things. So, for cars especially because they depreciate. I don't want to I don't want to pay interest on something that's depreciating in value. <laughs> so, for me, it's not a priority. I'm like, nope, I'm not I'm going to have an older car. I'm going to drive it forever. I'm going to just do that because that seems to be the best way to spend. That's a priority for me. Other people want to drive a brand new sports car. I'm cool with that, but don't complain to me that you don't have money for other things because you're driving that sports car. like you're making a priority. You don't have to have a mortgage. You could rent, you could be homeless, you could live in a camper, you could uh, move in with your mom. You could do a lot of things just because you don't want to is something else. But to act like you're a victim somehow, but you're, you're showing the world what's a priority to you by what you will spend your money on or your time with or where you spend it. That's what you're doing all the time. So Now, let me say this, Eric's mom might be a priority because she gets more upset than Layla does (laughs) if, when Eric doesn't see her. So Eric's priority might be his peace of mind and, and, and getting his mother off his back. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't mean necessarily that he loves his mom more than Layla. It might just be that his mom complains more and Layla doesn't, you know, complain as much and it's just, he feels less guilt or I don't know. It's, it's. Whatever Eric's doing, though, it's for his own peace of mind, for sure. Um, I hear people say things like, well, I didn't tell my mom because, you know, I don't want to upset her. No, you don't want to upset you. You you don't want the, the having to deal with what she's going to say back to you. Oh, she's old. I, the stories I've heard, you know, oh, I didn't tell my grandmother that I was in rehab because she wouldn't be able to handle it. You know, <laughs> yes, she will. She's 90 years old. She handles stuff really well, actually. She's fine. You're the one who feels embarrassed or shameful or whatever else about being in rehab. That Don't put that on your grandmother. Again, this is like all the stuff we do, we tell ourselves so that we can act a certain way. And again, kind of be a victim or not do things we don't want to do or, you know, get around the corner of stuff, you know. Anyway, I don't know. I can't say for sure what Eric's thing is here, but the proof is in the pudding, you know? At the end of the day, he is making a choice, for whatever reason that is about his mom. But it is not a victim. And she the mother is not forcing him or gaslighting him into doing anything. That's 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 always a choice on the other side. All right. Point three. Uh she says in the letter, you know, I also I can't say anything to him about his mother. We're not married, we haven't been. I think she said together 5 years. You know, so it's not my place to tell him to set boundaries and stand up to his mom. Well, I don't care if you're together 2 weeks or married 10 years. It's never your place to tell others what they should or shouldn't be doing with their boundaries. I you got to stop all of us. And trust me, I'm I'm probably the worst with this. I'm doing it right now with you. I'm telling you what where I think your boundaries should be, <laughs> I'm doing it all the time, but I get to put on my ass Dr. Abby hat, so I, I get I get a pass. You're the one who because you asked, <laughs> but it's the truth though. Because at the end of the day, you know I have like say a client, and I'll say to them, "Well, here's the best th- thing I think is best for you to do." And if they don't do it, I don't tell them, well, screw you. I'm never going to see you again. Like you, you know, you're not doing the right thing and you're not telling me. I I just am loving. Them. I'm like, oh, they're not ready yet. It's okay. As a matter of fact, I do the opposite. I'm like, it's okay. We're only ready for what we're ready for. You know, you got to do your best. That, That's what I do. I try to encourage them to a place where maybe they would do the thing. But I, you know, but again, that's a counselor-client relationship. I really try very hard not to do it anywhere else. Um... Again, unless asked, unless the feedback loop is happening, uh, we like to tell us what they should be doing all the time with their boundaries, and it's usually because we're not holding our own, and this is a good example. Layla wants to tell Eric to be better and have you know better boundaries with his mom, but again, I say with love, kind of who is she to talk? she's not keeping her boundaries with Eric so and, and I want to say this again, I know I might sound. I don't even know if I sound heartless or something, but I'm the opposite. Uh, Layla, I love you. I love you. I love you. I really do. I love you so much that I want you to stand up for yourself and your needs. I want you to stop being afraid of losing Eric because that's fear and fear has no place in a love relationship. And I want you to start acting the way you really want to act. What would happen if you pull back lovingly lovingly with Eric, what would happen if you just let him know that it was feeling like too much to come visit him, you know, quote unquote, all the time. And you're just going to come less. Not, not as a fuck you, not as a screw you, but with a loving open heart. A love, this is the key. It's not, I am, you know, crossing your arms. I am sick and tired of being all the one come until you come to me. I'm not, that's an ultimatum and that's fear-based and that's, that's again has no place in a love relationship. It is really about loving yourself and just going, "You know what? This is a lot for me. It's a lot of driving. I don't like doing it. Um I, you know, I I it is I'm not enjoying this." So, you know, She uh, layla could say, you know, eric. I love you. Uh, here you go I love you too much to keep driving to you all the time It's making me resentful and I don't want to resent you because I love you So i'm going to be doing my own thing more If you want to see me Let's brainstorm together what might work for both of us And when I want to see you and it won't make me upset. I will happily make the drive to you And i'm to So and i'm going to share this, you know I used to make salads every day for my man, um, you know, to take to work. I, everyone knows who's listening that, you know, for me, food is love. (laughs) And, um, it's one of the ways I show people I love them is by cooking for them. And, uh, you know, I used to make these salads and so he had something healthy to take to work and I'd feel so good knowing he was there eating the salad that I made, lovingly made. And, But every now and then my life would get very overwhelming. You know, there would just be too much going on, too much travel, too much whatever. And I would be making the salad, realizing I was making like an angry salad, right? Like, oh, he doesn't even appreciate these salads, you know, and oh, I don't have time for this stuff. And I can't believe I'm making him salad. He never makes me a salad. And, you know, I'd find myself making, don't make an angry salad. No one should eat an angry salad angry salad that sounds terrible right <laughs> like note that my tears and the salad no that is not love and so what i would do is just let him know i'm like you know what i'm 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 not feeling good about making salads right now i'm just letting you know you know i just feel really busy or whatever I, you know, I didn't have to explain it. I am just say, I'm not gonna make salads for a while. Can, you know, I need you to take care of your lunches for a while. When I'm in the mood again, I'll let you know and I'll make salads again. And every time he was like, no problem. You know, I'm not the one asking you to make them. I totally appreciate when you do, but I can, you know, I'll eat other things. It's fine. You know, he was totally loving and, and okay about it. And then I could let myself get back to a place where it felt good to make the salads again. And I will tell you, I do this with all the cooking. I love to cook for the people I love. And... When I do it, it's really for me, really, because it's like me showing my love. And there's times when I'm exhausted and I don't want to cook, even if people are asking. And I'm like, you know, it's just too much for me right now. It's going to be an angry chicken. You know, (laughs) I'm going to be making angry roast chicken and I don't want to, or resentful Resentful broccoli. Nobody wants to make resentful broccoli. Nobody wants to eat <laughs> resentful broccoli. So it's the same thing with this drive. I would tell Layla, like, if you really want to see Eric and you're excited about it and feeling inspired and, oh my gosh, I miss my man and, oh, I can't wait to see him. And you want to drive with that, you know, wonderful thing in your heart, go for it. If you're feeling in that other place though, no, that is not the way to do it. And again, but problem solve together, How that? how else it could look to see one another. Okay. All right. And the last point I want to make, you know, I want to make 50 more, but I make one more. She says, I know he loves me. He tells me every day and constantly makes me feel reassured that we have a strong relationship. Although he's never made me doubt him, he still neglects to make me think he wants to put in the effort to make the drive to see me. Maybe men are just lazy, you know, but I'm tired of using that excuse. Oh my gosh, Layla, Eric loves you. He tells you all the time. He makes you feel assured all the time. What, why are you writing me this letter? What really? That's at the end of this, and this is for everybody listening. Because why are you even complaining about the thing? He's telling you the truth. He's telling you that you have a strong relationship in his eyes, because driving clearly isn't part of it. He. This isn't about being lazy. This isn't about lazy. This is about the meaning Layla is is ascribing to Eric's driving to see her. For Layla. That's love. Oh, it, I would hazard a guess that if she ever did the, you know, uh, love languages quiz, I bet her top love language is acts of service. That's my guess. And I would bet guess that Eric's is something like words of affirmation. <laughs> so to him saying the things and she says he loves it and I love you and mm, yum and we talk or whatever feels great. And he's satisfied. He doesn't need to see her all the time. He doesn't need to have the same thing she needs. If you're the one who needs it, then, you know, often you need to be the one making that happen for yourself. But I would also ask you to ask yourself, why do you need it so much? Why aren't the words enough? And it's okay that they're not. Don't get me wrong. I don't want you to feel like you always have to change for your man or your woman, or I have to give up everything I want. I'm not saying that. I'm saying take a step back and really think to yourself, what if you stop, like in this case, what if Layla stopped judging what Eric is doing? What if she stopped saying that it's bad or wrong or lazy? (sighs) Your mind should be blown right now. What What if she just accepted that this is him? This is Eric. He has all these wonderful qualities. I always feel loved. I always feel cherished. He just doesn't like to drive. He just doesn't drive. Uh, and and maybe he's not the guy for you, only you know that, Only only you know that. But what if you were just to accept him as he is? You know, no upgrades, no improvements, no nothing else. This is my person. This is the best it's going to be. Is that enough for you? People tell you all the time who they are. And it's really important to believe them. And more than that, it's important not to judge them for it. So I don't want him to judge you as anxious and clingy just because you like to see him more because you're not necessarily anxious or clingy. It's just how you like to do it. But someone else might look, he might be looking at you going, she's too anxious. She's too clingy. She wants too much time with me. That's a judgment. Just like you're doing it the other way. You know, you putting in quote unquote all the work to make it from your angle. I bet he'd say he's putting in work too. I bet any amount of money. Eric feels like I tell her I love her all the time. I really appreciate her. I think about her all the day. It's just different than what you deem the the right way. Uh, it's not one way is right and one way is wrong. It's not right to want to see each other all the time. It's not right to not want to. It, I say this all the time with sex. When one person wants sex more than the other one, one you know you're not right to want sex more. You're not wrong to want sex less. It, it it's you're not wrong to want sex more either. It it's you got to get rid of the right and the wrong because it sets you guys up on these opposite teams where you're trying to get the person trying to control them to do this thing you want, and it ends up in a losing game. I would love to see. Here's my dream for Eric and Layla to have a loving, open conversation, and I'd love Layla to ask some questions. Like, so the first one I would think about is, uh. Eric, I want to say as well, when you say we have a strong relationship, what do you mean by that? What's a strong relationship to you? Um, What are the things you do that you think make this a strong relationship? And what are the things I do that make you think this is a strong relationship? And you need to ask it. Sorry, my alarm went off. You need to ask it with curiosity, with openness and with love. Uh, if you had to give our relationship a grade right now, what would it be, and why? Right, that's another thing to ask. You know, get some relativity about what's going on. Can you ask me that same question? And when you answer, so Layla could ask him, "Can you ask me that same question?" You know, back and and when you answer, Layla, don't tell Eric he's doing what he's doing wrong because he's not doing anything wrong. Instead, you know, just tell him what you need and why and why, and and see what he's willing or not willing to do, or just see what he says. When you approach the other person from a place of open curiosity, instead of I'm right and you're wrong and you need to see my point of view, I am telling you right now, you'll get great ideas, you'll get brainstorming, you'll get togetherness, you'll get you know, a team effort, because in the end, you need to treat this as a we thing. It's not an Eric problem, and it's not a Layla problem. It's, it's the two of them together that are the solution, right? That's what it is. So I just want to wrap up with this. You know, in the beginning I said, do you feel like you're the one putting in the lion's part of the effort in your relationship? You know, how can you get your partner to own up and do their fair share? Well, hopefully you found the answer here. You, you don't get them to do anything. You get yourself to draw boundaries around what you need and you take action if those aren't met. But you do it all with a loving, loving, curious and open heart you do it without deciding that you're right and they're wrong your partner or whoever is wrong you do it without a screw you attitude without feeling rejected and abandoned because again that's you putting meaning on what they're doing and it's not what's happening it it it's about you coming back to self always and deciding what's best for you and creating an atmosphere where you can have what's best for you But really getting clear on why you want this thing. What do you think it's going to show you or prove to you or anything else? And that's really, it's always our work. It's always the work of us. And again, I say all of this with so much love. Layla, I want you to have a happy life. I want everyone listening to have a happy life. And you can't have it if you're constantly blaming other people or judging what they do, or you know, especially our partners and deciding that they're wrong and we're right and they need to do, it's just not gonna happen. And you know that because otherwise, you know, you wouldn't be listening right now and you wouldn't be looking for help around these topics or you wouldn't be feeling miserable sometimes. So really take a step back. Do your internal work first. Start asking questions. Start having great conversations that are connecting, that are thoughtful, that are loving, that are kind. And you're really going to find the answers that you're looking for. (sighs) I love you so much. I'm so glad you're here. If you want to see more of me, you can follow me on social media. I, uh, you know, Instagram or whatever. Everything's on my website if you want to go over there and check it out. Um, and if you haven't yet bought my book, Be Happily Married, even if your partner won't do a thing, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's really great. I love my book. I'm really proud of it. Amazon number one bestseller for a reason in relationships. Uh, hope you come around to it and keep listening have an amazing week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected hopeful confident that's always my goal so if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi let me know what the podcast is doing for you anything you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com how simple is that and the second thing i want to say is if you like the podcast you're going to go crazy crazy for my book my book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymedcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.